live from Kansas City, Missouri, the home of the 2023 NFL Draft. It's Unnecessary Roughness, brought to you by Paul Padalaw and Subaru of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. And here we go. The day that we've been talking about for such a long time is finally here, Raider Nation. It is draft day, April 27th. We are live here in Kansas City at the scene of the draft. Demon Cotton back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, holding it down as he always does. And, of course, as we are on the road, we're brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas and Paul Pata Law. So, Demon, the day is finally here, my man. How are you feeling sitting back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio as you got your Raider hat on, you're ready to rock and roll? How are you feeling today? This is almost like Christmas. <laughs> I, the, right. It's one of those days where the day's actually here. It's like, oh, man, we've been talking about it for months. I was talking to someone last night. It's like, oh, man, I want to get the draft over with. We've been talking about the lead up. Who are they going to take? I don't care who they take at seven. But now that it's the actual day, I'm excited. Right, exactly, and I guarantee you everybody cares who the Raiders take at seven if they pick at seven, right? There's so many different scenarios that we could break down and we will break down throughout the course of the next few hours. Of course, we're holding it down for JT the Brick. Normally, he's in this time slot right here, but because we have the exclusive coverage of this NFL draft live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, that'll be JT and Eric Allen, and then they'll be pitching it to Lincoln Kennedy, who's over at the Raiders draft party. Uh, so there's all wall-to-wall coverage from many different angles. Uh, we're going to hold it down from 12 to 3. They'll be on from 3 to 5. And then, of course, getting right into the draft right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And then tomorrow we'll be back noon to 2 and then pitching it to JT and Eric Allen from 2 to 4. So make sure you go ahead and put that in your notes, put that in your, you know, put that in your reminders on your phone and let it be known that uh, unnecessary roughness is going to come to you a little bit earlier today and tomorrow because of the NFL draft. Very excited about the opportunity to be here and you know shed a, uh, a or share a few thoughts and and storylines before we actually see how this first round shakes out. And it's so funny, man. I think everyone at Raider Nation woke up with that feeling of uh, excitement, but I think they also woke up with that kind of feeling of anxiety, just not knowing what the Raiders are going to do. And you know, there's been a lot of times that. Uh, even me just sitting back watching the draft as a fan of the NFL in general, kind of sit there and get ready for the, you know, get ready for the, the draft and, and wonder, okay, what's, what's, what's my team going to do? What is the Raiders going to do? Who are they going to pick? Is it going to be the guy that I've been talking about? This, that, and the other. And today it just feels like, man, it could go in so many different directions. Like I don't have a great feel of who it's going to be, but I just got a tweet from Tank for Caleb Williams, and he said, thank you. I'm watching on the clock right now. I might have that little AR-15 on my shoulders too saying, draft me, draft me, draft me. And that's the one thing about Anthony Richardson, man. And I'm I'm not, you know, trying to overhype him or anything, but uh, if you talk to the young man, if you read his story, if you hear uh, what he has to say, there's that on-the-clock special that I was talking about that's on ESPN that the Mannings are doing, uh, Archie Manning, Peyton Manning, and Eli Manning, and he is part of that. Actually, in my Airbnb, I don't have cable, but I do have a streaming, so I definitely uh, streamed that the other night while I was in the in the room watching. I actually went down to the spot again last night. I guess I bet you know where I ate last night. <laughs> Yard house? Yes, sir. It's a go-to, and it was a little bit busier than it was the night before, but I was able to watch the Warrior game. I was able to watch all the basketball action. Shout-out to your Grizzly. Uh, Grizzlies ran the Lakers out the gym, so – I don't know why they finally started playing the ball that they, you know, should have been playing the whole time. But, hey, there they are. They did their thing. Shout out to the Miami Heat. You know, saw that phenomenal finish against the Bucks and put Milwaukee out as a one seed. Uh, you know, my Warriors got the dub over the Kings. And so that series is a, such a, a good series. I honestly believe that that was probably the best series in the first round so far. 
right? Because it, it still could go any way. I mean, the Kings could easily go to Chase Center and win and then go back home and win. I, I can easily see it happening, or I can see the Warriors putting that championship DNA on and, and winning the next game and advancing. But, man, this has been a fun, fun series. And I'll tell you, man, the, the, the Kings are no joke. They ain't no team just to be playing around with. They're a really good squad. They aren't. And then when De- with De'Aaron Fox, I thought maybe the finger was going to hurt him a little bit. It did not. I mean, it's so exciting this series, but for me, the Kings, I don't think they're ready yet. I think no, last night. No, they're not ready. Last to night showed me of like, yeah. they're good. No, they're, they're good. on to come up. Even Which for, is good. Yes, because everybody you got like Giannis said, you know, hey, it's not a failure. You it's know, not, did, did you see Giannis? I last did. I, did. I thought that that was an excellent answer uh, from a guy that is very smart. Uh, he thought about it well before he, uh, you know, gave that answer. Uh, and I also believe, and a lot of people aren't giving the reporter credit. The reporter asked the question because he has to ask it, and because Giannis has the kind of respect he does for him, he answered the way he did. If that had been just some Joe Blow res- res- reporter that Giannis didn't have respect for, he probably would have just brushed him off. But since it was someone that he clearly had respect for, I thought the answer was was great. So uh, that's basically what you want. And, and, you know, I understand where he's coming from when he said that, no, the year is not a failure uh, because, you know, you're not going to win a championship every single year. But with the ultimate goal of them being a one seed and making a deep run in the playoffs, I mean, it, it definitely was a failure from that point of view, not a failure from like, oh, you guys didn't do anything this year because you didn't win a championship. But it just wasn't what their ultimate goal was. Yeah, for me, it was one of those things where one player says it, but everybody in the league should take notes from what he said after that game because we talk about the Grizzlies. Hey, man, it's, they won last night, but you know, going back to LA, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little tougher playing in LA. The Kings, after a good you know a good run that they've had, you just can't look at it as failures. When Giannis said that last night, it's like I think more players should probably. I'm not saying take what he said word for word, but you know, just and try to embody that a little bit so you don't have to just hey, we lost in the playoffs. And it's a it's a complete failure. You're building on something. It's those steps that you got to take. So I think that everybody in every sport, you know, maybe you know, hold yourself accountable. But you know, hey, it's not a complete failure when you no. lose in the playoffs. No, no, because you're in the playoffs. But no, the playoffs have been really fun. Uh, they they've been, I thought, some really good basketball. I love uh, NBA playoffs. I love NHL playoffs. I'm not a big NHL guy, but during the playoffs, I'll definitely sit down and watch. So uh, Yard House was popping last night, uh, watching those games on the TV. And when you don't have cable in your room, man, you've got to make decisions. <laughs> I got to stay up to date. I can't just you know rely on the internet and reports of what what I'm supposed to be seeing or what I'm supposed to know about. I gotta I gotta soak it on in. So I did that, and uh, that was my. That was my, uh, what night was it? Wednesday night. So today is Thursday, but I'm over here at the Crown Plaza, and I've learned as I've done some exploring so far before the show today, there's plenty around me, brother. So when I get off, <laughs> when I get off, <laughs> I will <laughs> do some more exploring. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be uh, a good couple days that we're going to be here in Kansas City and then head back on Saturday. And, of course, we'll be talking about who the draft selection was or selections will be for the silver and black uh, coming up today and tonight as the, as the first round gets started. And I've been riding with it for a while, man. And I know that JT has mentioned it as well. I really do for some dumb reason, believe that the Raiders are going to make two selections tonight. You know, I was on with my buddy CK in Fresno a little while ago and he said, give me some crazy scenario that you think is going to happen. Like the one, not hot take, but the one kind of thing that people would be shocked if it happens. And I said, look, I don't know how shocking it'd be because I've been saying it for a while. But I think the Raiders are going to make two selections tonight. And he was like, okay, Q, I see you. I see you calling your shot. And I was like, I don't know why. I just, I, I'm holding on to those 12 picks, and I just don't think that, you know, the Raiders are just going to go up to bat 12 times. I think they're going to be very selective with what they do. And they can, if the guy is falling at the end of round one, I easily could see them making a move to like 29, 30, 28 maybe. I'm not talking 23, 22. I'm not talking about that. That's giving up a ton of capital. But 
in that 28 to 31 range, I could definitely see them making a move. So I'm going to hold on to that. Uh, we'll see how, obviously, the draft shakes out. But uh, got a lot of good stuff to get to on today's show. Coming up at 1230, our good friend Trey Wingo from the 33rd also the brand ambassador for Caesars, will join us. And it wouldn't be draft season without talking to Trey at least one time. So uh, on draft day, we definitely want to get Trey's thoughts. He's very uh, good when it comes to all things NFL draft. He's always been deep diving into the draft. So want to get his final thoughts and uh, where where he thinks that the draft can, you know, all of a sudden turn on its head tonight. I think most people are looking at the Houston Texans, right? I think at one point it was, okay, the Arizona Cardinals. Now I feel like it's the Houston Texans. Everyone's looking to see what they're going to do. Uh, a lot of pe- people believe that they're not going to select the quarterback, like has been rumored for the longest that they were going to. Now it's like, well, maybe they don't select that quarterback. Maybe C.J. Stroud does drop a little bit. Maybe they go with the best defensive player in Arizona. You know, I saw a report from Diana Rossini from ESPN saying that they were fielding multiple calls for trade backs. And, uh, you know, who knows if that's smoke? Who knows if that's just them putting that out there, hoping that they can get some more attention from a team that might want to trade up? Uh, I mean, all bets are off at this point. So we'll talk to Trey coming up at 1230, all things uh, draft storylines, really from a large national scale. Then, We'll bring it back closer to home. One thirty, Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and, of course, Raider Nation Radio 920, the morning tailgate. He'll join us to give us his thoughts on what he thinks the Raiders will do and how they'll navigate through the draft with their 12 picks. Obviously, it's only round one tonight. Then you get rounds two and three on Friday, and then the rest of the draft, four through seven, will be on Saturday. And, look, there's a lot of guys that are going to get their name called on Saturday that are going to be uh, difference makers, right? Remember Max Crosby got his name called on Saturday, right? Fourth-round pick, Hunter Renfro fifth round pick uh nate hobbs fifth round pick i mean those those guys it's not to shake a stick at the at the picks on saturday man four through seven is where a lot of the a lot of the roster is formed from multiple multiple teams across the league so Vinny boston will join us at 130 then i want to get paul gutierrez from espn his thoughts as well of course he's covering all things silver and black as well but just want to get Vinny's thoughts want to kind of compare and contrast what Vinny thinks you know the raiders could do what the priorities should be what they'll do uh you know how, how they'll They'll navigate through the draft and then do the same thing with Paul, right? And and I know Paul on his uh, mock draft that he did for ESPN, he actually had them selecting Christian Gonzalez, the quarterback out of Oregon. Uh, So I want to get Vinny's thoughts at 1.30 about who he thinks the Raiders are going to take. We'll put him on the clock, and then we'll put Paul on the clock as well at 2 o'clock, see what he thinks. And, uh, yeah, so just, like I said, wall-to-wall coverage of this draft from every single angle. But uh, Christian Gonzalez would not be a bad selection at all, and I'm seeing a lot more more people, more outlets starting to really uh, select him for the Raiders at seven, and most of it's because Devin Witherspoon's already off the board. A lot of people believe that the uh, Lions are going to go get him at number six, and and once they traded Jeffrey Akuda, I thought that same thing. That was the first thing I thought when I saw the Jeffrey Akuda trade. I said, well, there goes Witherspoon, <laughs> and maybe they don't. I know that they have addressed the the corner position uh, in free agency. But this is a young dude that has the potential to be a, a, a young stud, and you can have him for four or five years before you have to have to give him a contract extension. And young guy still, I, I think it would be a really good pick there in Detroit. Kind of, kind of embodies what it looks like the Lions are trying to build under, uh, you know, Coach Campbell there. So I could definitely see him going to Detroit. And then if you get Christian Gonzalez, that's not something to be upset about, man. That's a damn good player. Yeah, also we saw it with last year's draft too. Sauce Garner, he was the number four pick and yep. the second corner taken off the board. Derek Stingley Jr., I'm not saying that he's not going to be a good corner, but he I wasn't know, as I still good think as that was a mistake. <laughs> but he wasn't as good as Sauce Garner. So when you say Weatherspoon, he could be the first corner taken. Yeah. We saw in last year's draft. Yeah, you, just because you get the first bite at the apple doesn't mean that, that you get the best player. 
No doubt, no doubt. So, you know, and again, I had an opportunity to talk to Christian Gonzalez yesterday at the Play 60 event. Matter of fact, you'll hear some, you'll hear that conversation later on in the show today. So the guests that we'll have live, Trey Wingo, 33rdteam.com, brand ambassador for Caesars, Vinny Bonsignor uh, at 1.30, and then 2 o'clock, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. Also on the show, you'll hear from Tyree Wilson. Matter of fact, that during the opening drive, we'll go ahead and uh, play the conversation I had with the edge rusher out of Texas Tech. You'll hear from quarterback Anthony Richardson, the young man out of Florida. Florida. You'll hear from Christian Gonzalez, as I mentioned. Charles Davis from NFL Network had a chance to catch up with him over at the barbecue spot and uh, did not get any of that barbecue yet. So uh, I will at some point. I promise I will make that happen at some point. But uh, you'll hear from Charles Davis as we close out the show. Uh, and also, also a little nugget. And I'm not sure what time we're going to play this, Damon, uh, but just keep it in your in your ear, man. Just kind of keep it in your memory bank that we got to get to it at some point. I do this show every morning with Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. It's called Locked on Bets, and, you know, he's a guest on our show every Friday during the regular uh, season, during the NFL season. So I was doing it this morning, and he said that he had a, a NFL draft prop bet. He had multiples. We had, like, two yesterday. One was on B. John Robinson where he was going to get drafted, like uh, the over-under, how high he was going to, uh, you know, what the selection was going to be. And then uh, the other one yesterday was how many quarterbacks are going to be taken in the first round, which it was uh, over four and a half. So obviously he's got to have five, right? So we went with we went with the over on that. So he believes that there's going to be five quarterbacks taken uh, tonight. So today he actually had a prop bet on the Raiders selecting Hendon Hooker, and when he said that, all of a sudden all I could think of is who? Hardcore Raider. Absolutely right. <laughs> it probably is not good that I think a hardcore Raider as much as I do, but whenever I hear Hendon Hooker, I think hardcore Raider would be so proud. So I uh, had that conversation with Lee earlier this morning, uh, so I just want you to, you to hear what he had to say. Uh, and, and like I said, it was, a, it was a play that we call bet a little, win a lot. I believe, I believe the – I think the line was – I think it was 14-1 to 1 odds for the Raiders to, uh, to, to bet uh, – to, to select Hendon Hooker. So I thought, you know what, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let – let everyone hear what Lee has to say about that, and I'm sure that there'll be a guy named uh, Hardcore Raider that has a nice big smile on his face when he gets to hear that. So all that's coming up on the show today. Of course, we have a question that we throw out there to you each and every day, like to bring a topic to the table, and uh, that topic today is it's real simple. Who is the pick? What number is he selected at and why? And I really want to hear what number he's selected at because just because they, they're at seven doesn't mean they're going to be at seven, if you know what I mean. They could trade up. They could trade back. They could stay there at seven. But who's the pick? Where's the selection at? And why is the question that we throw out there today as we're on, you know, just a few hours away from the first round of the draft getting started. So hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. And when we don't have a guest, you can hit us up at 702-365-9200. But let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So, Paul Padalaw, big shout-out to them, big shout-out to Subaru of Las Vegas for helping us get here to the draft today. And uh, one of the opportunities that I had while I've been here in Kansas City and I arrived here on Tuesday morning uh, was to go to the Play 60 event. And at the Play 60 event, there was many different prospects that were on site to be able to meet and greet. And you saw them uh, interacting with the kids. But there was wide receiver Jordan Addison, Will Anderson from Alabama, Brian Branch from Bama, Jalen Carter was there, Zay Flowers, Christian Gonzalez, Paris Johnson, Will Levis was in attendance, Joey Porter, Anthony Richardson, Keon White, C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba, B. John Robinson, Devin Witherspoon, Bryce Young, and 
others were there. But one guy that I had an opportunity to catch up with was uh, a guy that we had got to talk to his his head coach just a week ago, and that's head coach Joey McGuire from Texas Tech. Got a chance to catch up with edge rusher Tyree Wilson. Here at Texas Tech Red Raider, edge rusher Tyree Wilson. And what's this whole moment like, man? You just were out here with the kids, a little play 60 action. What's all this been like for you? It's good because, you know, like the past the past month has been strictly strictly business and, you know, finally getting to KC and, you know, get your mind off a of ball and just, you know, pour back into the kids. You know, that's what it's about, you know, trying to get them, you know, get to this moment, you know, be a draft pick. You know, they probably idolize us. and But just this the other day, you know, I was a kid, it feels like. So what does it feel like knowing that at some point tomorrow you're going to hear your name called and this is something that you've probably been waiting for your whole life? Yeah, I mean – like it ain't so it ain't sunk in all the way yet you know i woke up this morning you're like what i got tomorrow and then it was like dang you got the draft so i feel like tonight it's actually gonna start sinking in and you know all the nerves and you know stuff's gonna start <laughs> Ty- tyree wilson is our guest here on red nation radio 920 so he's a red raider and we had uh, coach joey mcguire on the other day and he told us a story about when you guys were playing tcu and you guys were losing that game and you checked yourself back in you and a couple other players it was like nah we ain't gonna let them score yeah. what did that mean to you Man, that's just that's just the type of player I am. That's the type of you know, my you know my whole thing was finding tech better than what I found. And you know, Coach McGuire came in. He was like, "We're gonna play d- defense at Texas Tech." So that's what it's all about. And showing, showing guys, you know, like even if you're the star, you know, you ain't got to be bigger than the team. You know, uh, coming back in the game, and you know, I didn't want, I didn't want them to put more points on us. You know, and right. uh, and they end up going to the national championship. Right, and they didn't score on that drive. They didn't score on that drive, and you guys turned around and went back and scored the other way. But just to have that sense of pride, you know, what is a, what is the NFL team getting in Tyree Wilson when they draft you? Man, like I like I tell them all the time. First, they get a, a leader from day one. You know, you know, leading by example. You know, I'm not really the vocal type, but you know, I'm always going to be there working. And, you know, you know, trying to get my best. I always, you know, can account on me. You know, a good guy on and off the field, and you know, somebody that's going to be an older guy one day and pour back into the rookies and you know the younger guys to help help bring the team along. So when we had Coach McGuire on, he said, well, Tyreek could go from being a Red Raider to a Las Vegas Raider. Has, has that gone through your mind? Man, it's crazy. I've been a Raider in high school. I went to Texas Tech, been a Red Raider, and then if I'm the Raiders, I, I mean, that's that's ideal. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, it looks like it's all set up, lining up perfectly for you, right? Yeah, it's lining up. What about uh, Max Crosby? You like to play across from him? I would. I mean, that would be us feeding off each other. Uh, then you got Chandler Jones. It'd be It'd be crazy. Tyree Wilson right there, edge rusher from uh, Texas Tech. Good dude. Uh, good dude. It, it, it's cool just to get a few minutes with these guys before they, they get selected and you just kind of uh, get to see them. They're, you know, a little nervous because they know what's ha- happening the next day. But they're just kind of, you know, just in their element, you know, and, and knowing that, you know, they're one of their biggest goals that they've ever set in front of them is they're about to achieve it, right? I mean, these guys that are out here, they're not guys that are going to get selected on day three or be under at the free agents. These are guys that are expected to go day one. These are guys that are expected to be selected quickly. So they don't plan on being in the green room long. And so, they, I mean, they, they know what's going on. And then they see all the media that's out there to come talk to them and see the looks on the kids' faces. And that's the one thing I, I will say, man, with just seeing all the kids, they were so fired up. And, you know, I was talking to Christian Gonzalez, and a couple of the kids uh, came by and was like, hey, man, can you, can you autograph my shirt? You know, I want to get your autograph before you become a pro or something like that. And just, you know, just to see that, it's, it's really cool because, you know, we were all – you know, all little kids looking up to someone at some point, and, and, and you're all of a sudden getting an opportunity to see all these guys that are about to be in the NFL in your community, at your school that you go to, and, and you're interacting with them. I mean, that's got to be a heck of a feeling. So just cool to be out there and, and be amongst those guys and know that, uh, you know, they're getting ready to have their welcome their families in town 
and their family's lives are about to change and their lives are about to change and they're going to go on to, you know, do whatever they could do in the NFL. And, you know, this is just the start. You know, it's not the finish line. This is the start when you get to get drafted and you find out what team you're going to play for. Then the work starts after that, right? Because you've got to figure out how to stay on the team and how to make yourself very, very valuable. But I'll tell you what, man, Tyree Wilson, if he were to end up being, like like we said, going from a Raider in high school to a Red Raider to a Las Vegas Raider, I'd have no problem with that. You know, a lot of people talk about the defensive line and the fact that, you know, you need to you need to build the trenches before you worry about the outsides as far as corners. I, I'm fine with that. I am good with that, right? I mean, because he, in my opinion, could take up two spots. He could play edge. He could kick inside. And I think he's getting better. It's not that, it's not that he's already fully matured. Like, Will Anderson is phenomenal. The phenomenal player, and I think that we all kind of know who he's going to be on the next level. But Tyree Wilson, in my opinion, is a guy that's just getting better and better and better. Really, I don't want to say scratching the surface. It almost makes it sound like he's like a project. He, he's definitely not that guy. He, he's to me, he's a guy that has showed what he could do, but also has the ability to continue to get better and really thrive. And you know, you look at him, and I remember at the combine he was talking about Max Crosby as one of the you know players that he really looks up to and uh, his work ethic. You know, it's funny. Multiple guys that I got a chance to talk to, you know, have talked about Max Crosby. And it's it's funny, as a fourth-round pick, Max's name is all of a sudden being talked about all the time, you know, with guys that are coming up, young guys in college. And, of course, as they should, right, because Max has really put on for the team and made a huge name for himself. But, you know, it's 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 funny. I'm sure it wasn't too long ago when Max was saying, hey, this, this is the guy that I look up to. Now Max is the guy that they look up to. So could you imagine – Tyree Wilson on that defensive line. Can you imagine like a, a I don't I don't want I don't even know what the package would be called, but just say a NASCAR <laughs> package. Can you imagine like Chandler Jones, uh, Tyree Wilson, and Max Crosby all on the field at the same time? That would you want to talk about getting after the quarterback? That'd be a whole lot to get after the quarterback. Oh, I couldn't imagine it. But going back to what you said about excuse me, Max Crosby, there were people that he used to look up to when he was coming into the league. Chandler Jones was one of those guys for him. So yep. it's just like that full circle of, hey, you got Chandler Jones. Max Crosby would, like, hey, hit him up and say, hey, man, what could I work on, things I can get better on. And yep. now Max Crosby is one of those guys. And also Tyree, he said it as well, you know, and learn from Chandler. So I do think that those guys that even though Chandler Jones, we can all say he had a down season last year. But right. those guys, like, coming into the league, they can still see him. <clears throat> excuse me. They still see him as a valuable guy that you can learn from, even though he might not have he might not have it, but he's still got a lot of knowledge. And that's what we heard last season a lot. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Paul hit us up on Twitter and said, Raiders stay at seven, and Tyree Wilson falls to them due to an early rush on quarterbacks. Then the Raiders trade into the back end of first round to take Deontay Banks. Finally, they trade pick 100 for Devin White and leave tonight with three defensive studs. And I've seen that uh, report around a couple times uh, floating around about should the Raiders trade pick number 100 for Devin White. And look, as good as that sounds, the only thing to me is, remember, the guy needs to get paid. He wants to get paid. That's the reason why he wants out of Tampa Bay, and he's not that great in coverage. I think he's a good playmaker. Uh, I wanted the Raiders to draft him the year that they drafted Clee Farrell, right? And he ended up going the next pick uh, after uh, the Raiders to Tampa Bay. But, you know, if you look at the at the numbers and the stats and just kind of look what he did in coverage, it, it wasn't that great last year. Um, I just don't know if the Raiders would want to invest not only a draft pick but then realize that you have to give him a, a big contract too. But I do like the idea, idea that you have there, Paul. Tyree Wilson and then trade back for uh, Deontay Banks, I, I'm okay with that. I, I'm really good with that. Again, for me, I'd rather it be uh, for Emmanuel Forbes <laughs> only because he's got so much production, so much ball production. It's funny, DeMond, I had a guy hit me up on uh, on Twitter and we were going back and forth a little bit just talking about uh, Emmanuel Forbes and he said that uh, I think I think that his production he had in college was just a 
him being in the right place at the right time. And I was like, brother, you're not in the right place at the right time 14 times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like once or twice, sure. But you're not in the right place at the right time 14 times and take six back to for, for touchdowns. Like it just doesn't. That's not, that's not reality. That's one of those things that I don't think that you can use that phrase for interceptions because by theory isn't that showing that he has those natural instincts Right to right. be in the that right too. place at the right time. That's a good point. It's like a cell phone. You're pro- he's proving <laughs> your point by saying that. Right, right. It just to me it was pretty funny, man. My man said uh, he was just in the right place at the right time, and I was like, let me be in the right place at the right time fourteen times, right? <laughs> and then and then have the wherewithal to take six of them back to the house. Like, <laughs> come on, man, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen on accident, man. You got to give the dude some skills, so or some credit for having the skill to get that done. But I, th- I thought that that was pretty funny as well. One quick. Uh, Text we got on our don'tbebroke.com text line. Then we'll take a break and get to Trey Wingo, 33team.com, and brand ambassador for Caesars. Jim from Yonkers said, I remember the time change. My phone just went LOL. Christian Gonzalez, good luck. And I agree, we may trade into the end of the first round. The only bad thing about that is that we'll be, it'll be a late night on the East Coast. Knicks advance and could beat the Heat. Thank you for a great show and enjoy the draft tonight. That's Jim and Yonkers. And I didn't even mention the Knicks advancing to round two and now all of a sudden sets up with a nice little, uh, you know, rivalry. It's not quite like the old school uh, Heat and Knicks teams, but uh, still cool to see those those two squads uh, going to tangle again together. So that should be a, a fun series to watch. And the playoffs have been great. And, yeah, Jim, that's the one thing. It is going to be a late night uh, on the East Coast. It's going to be a late night here, right? I mean, we're in Central time, so I, I know that uh, it's it's 1224 in Vegas right now, but it is 224, brother. <laughs> it is 224 here. So, yeah, it's going to be a late night here as well. But uh, if the Raiders come out of this draft with some really good picks, there'll probably be enough adrenaline rushing where yeah, nobody even worry about what time it is. Just keep on keep the party rolling. So I know it's going to be a late uh, day here at the draft, and I'm all for it. So keep those texts coming, 69187, keyword R&R. We want to know who's the pick, what number is he selected at, and why. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. As we're here in Kansas City checking out the don'tbebroke.com text line, I see this text from the 239. I think Raiders pick Paris Johnson at 12. Trade with Houston, then trade back up with the Saints. Trade 38 and Hunter Renfro for their first-round picks and grab Kalijah Cansey. That's a very... Uh, not complicated, but a detailed text right there. So we definitely appreciate that coming from the 239. Of course, the question that we threw out there for you today is, who is the pick, what number is he selected at, and why? Keep those texts coming in. Join us now on the phone lines from the 33rdteam.com. Also, brand ambassador for Caesars is our good friend Trey Wingo. And, Trey, thanks so much for your time. And before we get into the draft, man, you guys are doing a heck of a job over there at 33rdteam.com. I was telling Ari Mayrov the other day when we were at the owners' meetings, it's like, I don't know how you guys came up with this roster but it's phenomenal. Oh, thank you, man. Good to be with you, Q. Yeah, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun working with those guys, and obviously the, the depth of knowledge uh, that they have has been great, and uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going really well. In fact, we're, we're, I just uh, got off a little Zoom meeting about how we're going to attack tonight with them, and I'll also be doing some stuff for the, the Pro Football Network as well and some stuff for Caesar. so it's going to be a busy night. Yeah, there's no doubt, and it always is, and you always have the draft covered like a glove. So for you, what's the what's the biggest storyline or most intriguing for you? Like, what are you really locked in on tonight as the first round gets unra- unraveled and gets going? Well, there's kind of three things, right? Because, first of all, there's a lot of quarterbacks available. 
and there's a lot of quarterback needy teams. But that doesn't always mean things work out well. And let me explain. Let's just let's just let's throw out last year because a half the, there were like eight teams that didn't have a first round pick, and there's only one quarterback going in the first round. That was Kenny Pickett. So to be determined. So let's just go back to the last two drafts. When it comes to quarterbacks, 2020, Joe Burrow, number one overall, home run. Uh, Tua Bailoa, I think, still could be a home run if he can stay healthy. Obviously, he has the weapons now. Things are going to look good there. Justin Herbert, home run. In the second round of 2020, home run. Great stuff, right? So then you go to 2021. First overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. After he got rid of a fake head coach in Urban Meyer and got a real head coach in Doug Peterson, he's trending in the right direction. The number two overall pick in 2021 is now going to make life hell for Aaron Rodgers in practice and Zach Wilson. In other words, they've moved on. Number three pick there uh, was Trey Lance, who the 49ers gave up three first-round picks to get, and they're leaning towards playing Brock Purdy, who was the last pick of the 2022 NFL draft. The point I'm trying to make is just because quarterbacks are available and a team needs a quarterback, almost more often than not, it doesn't work out. And you just have to understand that just because you draft a quarterback and, you know, he's highly rated, that doesn't mean it works. From 2015 to 2018, of the top two quarterbacks taken in every draft that year, only one of those quarterbacks remains with the team that drafted him. And that would be Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, as Raider fans know all too well. So that's the first thing. Quarterbacks drive this thing, right? Number two, I think the draft really starts at number two this year because uh, I, I think Bryce Young is, is, is as locked in as you can be to be the number one overall pick. So what does Houston do? I think they're going to pass, and then does somebody pass on the quarterback? And then does right. somebody try and move ahead of Indianapolis at four to take Arizona's spot at three to really overdraft some of these quarterbacks, which has become a thing over the last few years, completely overdrafting quarterbacks. So to me, two, three, four is where the draft really begins. And then the other thing that is going to be really interesting tonight is that the best player in the draft, by far, it's not to me, not even a question, it's, it's Jalen Carter, the defensive right. end, the defensive tackle from Georgia. The problem is there's a lot of red flags right now with Jalen Carter with what happened at that accident and the way he's responded, the way he's changed his story a million times to police. He shows up nine pounds heavy and performed very poorly at his pro day. Where's your level of comfortability in taking a risk on a guy who clearly, and I mean clearly by a wide margin, is the best player available in this draft when there are some things that may want to make you think twice. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, and I think that a lot of Raider Nation has talked about that as well. We all know the talent that Jalen Carter is, but is he going to be engaged all the time? Is he going to be locked in all the time? And even picking at number seven, Trey, I mean, that's a big-time investment for a guy that may not pan out because he may not be as into it as you'd like him to be. Well, I mean, you don't have to go back very far to see that play out for the Raiders. Where's Cleveland Furl these days, who was the third overall pick of the 2019 draft? Right. No, good point. Good he's point. Not with the Raiders. He's not, he's not with the Raiders. No, no. He's uh, got one of those one-year flyers in San Francisco, like a lot of former Raiders do. Again, Trey Wingo is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And let's say roughness. Go ahead, Damon. You mentioned about how a lot of teams overdraft when it comes to quarterback. You know you just want to fill that need. Where do you think that these quarterbacks should be ranked, and how do you rank them going into this draft? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I, I always cheat when someone asks me this question. I say, can I take Bryce Young's football understanding in, in C.J. Stroud's body? Like that, that quarterback would be uh, number one in a lot of drafts, uh, but he doesn't exist. 
Uh, I would have to go, I think, with, with Bryce just because the tape is so good and he played at such a high level. But, guys, I'm legitimately very concerned about his durability. And it's not his height at all. I don't care about his height. I'm talking about that frame. I heard reports that he was playing at Alabama under 180 pounds. And if you look at what he did during the run-up to the draft, he gained the system to perfection, right? What did he do at the combine? He weighed. He weighed in at 204. Awesome. And then he said, okay, see ya. I'll see you at my pro day. He didn't work out. And then what did he do at his pro day? He didn't weigh. What he did was he worked out. So we've seen him get to 204 pounds, and we've seen him work out well. We've never seen him work out well at 204 pounds. You're right about that because we haven't seen him do that. And then when it comes – because, I, I, man, I, I do think that he probably was playing probably 175 last year in college. But these other quarterbacks – looks this, like Devontae Smith, guys. He looks like Devontae yeah. Smith, and Devontae Smith's nickname is the Slim Reaper. <laughs> He's also skinny Batman where they have <laughs> – Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when nice. everybody's Batman there for the Eagles. But I've got to ask about the rest of these quarterbacks in this draft. Will Levis, do you think that he is locked in at number four to the Colts? that way and I understand why the Colts would do that I mean what they're looking for their fifth straight starting quarterback week one since the Andrew Luck situation so they have been through a lot but I, I will Levis if you, if you like for example here's how this is crazy right you know everybody got sort of better I'd say about those S2 scores uh, and CJ's Strouds were very low and I understand that well will Levis scored much higher on the S2 scores than CJ Stroud but if you watch game tape, there's no way he sees the field as well as C.J. Stroud does. It just doesn't. I mean, it's not there. So, you know, and, and Will's out there. Okay, let me, let me sort of put this in context. I'm not saying he's going to fail the way Zach Wilson has failed. But what Will said, I, he's trying to throw everything 110 miles an hour, okay? And when, and when Zach Wilson got hurt last preseason, rookie wide receiver Garrett Wilson for the Jets said the quiet part out loud when asked about Joe Flacco. He said, Joe actually throws a more catchable ball, which is his way of saying Joe's got a change-up, a slider, a two-seamer, and a fastball. That's out there with a howitzer. You know? And that's sort of what we're hearing about Will Levis. I haven't seen a lot of touch on Will Levis's throws. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have arm arrogance. They can make every throw they can uh, when they want, but they can also take something off it when they need it. I mean, if you look at half of Mahomes' throws, they're not just fireballs. There are things with depth and touch that float into very, very tight windows, and I haven't seen that from Will Levis yet. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions with these quarterbacks, right? Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. I like the character of Anthony Richardson. I don't know if he's going to develop, but I really like the character and the work ethic. And I mean, he's one of those yeah. guys, you get him in a room and talk to him, you'll, you'll fall in love with him, but that doesn't mean he's going to succeed on the football field, right? What do you, what do you think of Anthony right. Richardson? There's no player in this draft that has a lower lower floor and a higher ceiling than Anthony Richardson. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he's an outlier of all outliers. So to me, if you're taking a chance, especially in the first half of the first round, on a guy like Anthony Richardson, it's going to be to a team that has a coach and a front office that feel very secure about their job status. Like, I don't know if a first-year head coach – is going to go out on a limb and take Anthony Richardson uh, with their first pick. Like, to me, some of these teams are very – like, Seattle, to me, is very interesting if they're going to take a, something on Anthony Richardson because Pete Carroll is Pete Carroll, and John Schneider has done an amazing job there. And Pete Carroll has a history of dealing with long, 
freakish athletic athletes and really working out. DK Metcalf just comes right to the top of the, mm-hmm. the page here. He's also not afraid to take people that have had character concerns. We talked about Jalen Carter, like Frank Clark, it turned out great for Seattle and also turned out great for Kansas City. Um, but, like, to me, if you're taking Anthony Richardson, that tells me that you know that you're in this for the long haul and you're going to be there when those benefits come through, if they come through with that quarterback. Trey Wingo is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness talking all things NFL draft. Switching up to the defensive side of things, uh, Tyree Wilson is a guy out of Texas Tech that I got an opportunity to talk to yeah. yesterday. Talked to his head coach last week, Joey McGuire, and he seems like he, he could be the real deal and still getting better. Uh, how high do you think his ceiling is on Tyree Wilson? Yeah, look, you know, a lot of people thought Will Anderson was the best edge rusher coming into this draft, and I, I think there's a lot of mocks that have Tyree Wilson going to Houston. And if you look at, if you look at what Houston is and what they are now, it makes a lot of sense. Who's the head coach? D'Amico Ryans. Mm-hmm. He was a defensive linebacker for the Houston Texans for most of his career. Where did he come from? San Francisco. Well, how did San Francisco win over the past few years? Well, they ran with a suffocating defense and a myriad of people playing quarterback. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, if you're D'Amico Ryans and you see a guy that you can line up in that wide nine stance that comes back from everybody going uh, out of uh, Philadelphia – where that sort of wide night stance originated, that's a guy who fits perfectly into that scheme. So it's a need fit and a, and a perfect scheme fit. Um, I think Tyree has a chance to be really, really good, and he, he might come off the board before Will Anderson of Alabama does. Wow. Who are some players that maybe aren't getting talked about enough that are probably still going to be first-round picks, but you think that have that potential to rise up the board? Well, it's interesting, right? Like, we all love quarterbacks because they're sexy and fun, and that's what drives <laughs> drafts. And this is why this draft could be interesting, because we could have five if Heaven Hooker somehow sneaks into the first round. Uh, go. In fact, I think the over-under for quarterbacks uh, on Caesar Sportsbook, the, the prop bet is four and a half in the first round. Um, I do like Hendon Hooker. I want to be clear about that, because I, we, we've talked about this before on your show. If he doesn't have the ACL, I think he might be the first quarterback off the board, mm-hmm. because he has the size and the body, and the tape, you know, and he played really well against some really good teams in the SEC. So I, I think that uh, I think that Hendon Hooker, when it's all said and done, long-term might be the best quarterback prospect in this entire draft. But I will say this. Nobody, want, nobody gets excited when your team drafts a tackle or a guard, but that's so important. Like, go back to Super Bowl 55 when the Chiefs were just decimated by uh, Tampa Bay in that front seven when they lost that Super Bowl. And then go look at um, how they rebuilt that offensive line and how that's been the mainstay of what we've seen out of the Chiefs since then. You know, three straight uh, AFC championship games and uh, another Super Bowl win. So uh, I, I think that there's a couple, Paris Johnson and Peter Skaronsky, uh the kid out of Northwestern. Um, those are guys that you know, when the pick is made, people won't be, won't be like, oh, sight. But years from now, that might really work out. Look at Creed Humphrey. Look how good he's been for mm-hmm. Kansas City since he was taken. I mean, if you don't have an offensive line, you don't have anything. And then moving it to the Raiders specifically, it's funny you mentioned Peter Skaronski because we do have a couple of texters. When they text in, they've been consistent all offseason. Just take Peter Skaronski because he's the best offensive lineman. When it comes to the Raiders at seven, if they stay at that pick, should they go safe or if a quarterback falls, take a quarterback? You know, I – I, I would not take a quarterback, especially like I know Jimmy G's there, and, and uh, it's not a long-term solution, maybe, but it, you got to give him a couple years. Um, you know, the Raiders are interesting, right? Let's let's just take a look at their offseason. Jimmy Garoppolo for Derek Carr. I'm going to say that's a push, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you lose Darren Waller, you get Jacoby Meyer. 
I don't know if that's an upgrade, right? And you don't have Josh Jacobs signed to anything at this point. So are the Raiders in any way, shape, or form, just from a talent perspective, demonstrably right. better than they were last year? I don't know if I can say that. And now they're thinking about trading Hunter Renfro as well. So, you know, that's a very productive player. I mean, and you want productive players, and I'm not quite sure I understand how this is all being built uh, in Vegas right now. Yeah, it seems like it's a it's a it's a long play. You mentioned co- uh, head coaches that feel like that they have a a, a long a long leash. Uh, it feels like it's a long play right. going on right now uh, with the Raiders, Dave Ziegler, and Josh McDaniels that they're in for the long haul, uh, really trying to turn this roster around. And, and Trey, I mean, you've navigated through draft after draft after draft. The Raiders have twelve picks. I keep telling anyone who will listen, I don't think that they'll swing the bat twelve times. I think that they'll really be selective with those twelve picks. How do you think Dave Ziegler yeah. kind of works his way through the draft with those those picks he has? I think you're right, and and if we're being honest about it, there's a draft every year, and some years the drafts are better than others. This is not a year where you want twelve picks. Just being honest with you, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, you know, you, you talk to GMs, talent evaluators, and you really grind them. And you say, how many bona fide first-round talent guys are there in this draft? And I think the consensus is anywhere from 13 to 18. Yeah, 31 players are going to be picked. Right. Okay? Now, it's not to say you can't get great productivity in later rounds. Look at Isaiah Pacheco. In fact, look at the entire 2022 Chiefs draft. I think it is uh, remarkable. Yeah. Um, and the tw- then the 2022 Seahawks draft was remarkable. So you can get productive players. But in a draft where there's not a whole bunch of top-end talent, I think you want to try and manipulate those picks to your advantage. Something I've got to ask you about, because I see some of the work that you're doing for Pro Football Network, it's your top draft stories. But I've got to ask you, what was the biggest WTF moment that you can remember (laughs) in the draft where everybody maybe on the set was like, they're taking that guy here? Well, it wasn't even that. It was, um, (laughs) there's a couple of them, right? Like, Laramie Tunstall's gas mask bomb thing will remain yeah. undefeated forever. I mean, how much money could you have made at Caesars if you said, hey, listen, right before the top offensive line was picked, I just want to put a prospect out there that a video is going to surface of him smoking weed in a World War II era gas mask. Can I, can I make that bet? <laughs> you, would have, you would own a casino if they gave you the odds on that happening. So that, that will always be a, did we really just see that moment? There were there have been a bunch of them though you know because it's so unpredictable. Uh, there was the year the Minnesota Vikings had to pass because they couldn't get it in on time their first round pick. That was I think 2004 2003 something like that, and that that was that was kind of crazy. Um, I'll tell you this one that, that no one really knows about the 2019 draft in Nashville. Right, uh, it was great. We're all set up in the street at the end of uh, a downtown called Rocky Bottom because everything went down Broadway to the end of this thing. Well, two nights before the draft, we got this weather forecast, and it was like, it could be really bad draft night, like really bad. Mm-hmm. And we can tornadic activity, heavy thunderstorms, so we had a contingency plan. Because basically, the entire set is just like a live, largest, world's largest lightning rod. You might as well say, God, hit here, you know? <laughs> and uh, so we, we had to have this plan that if the weather was an issue, we would stop broadcasting, and Wendy Nix would start pick up the draft from a backup set inside a restaurant until we could all get over there. And then the, uh, the NFL would take school buses and take all the potential draftees and take them to a safe place until they could be cleared. Like it, it, it looked awful. And then it rained for like 20 minutes, light drizzle. And that was it. Like the NFL once again, had that golden horseshoe just hanging over it because all indications were that that was going to be a disaster. And somehow we averted it all. 
That was a fun draft in Nashville. Man, it was fun being out oh, there. Yeah. And, oh, man. Rocking, man. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, Trey, before we let you go, is there any uh, prop bets that you're looking at and working with uh, with Caesars and everything that we could be paying attention to tonight as the draft gets unfolded? Well, absolutely. One of them that comes to mind is, is uh, the, the over-under for quarterbacks, as I said, four and a half. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, will the SEC uh, once again have the most players drafted? They've had the most players drafted uh, for 16 straight seasons. Uh, I think you can find the number in the Caesars Sportsbook app on, on what the prop bet is. Uh, and there's a couple of – how about this one, by the way? I, I love this one. Um, the Green Bay Packers never drafted a, a uh, skilled position player, meaning a wide receiver running back, and the entire time Aaron Rodgers is there. And now Aaron Rodgers is gone. Devontae Adams is gone. Alan Lazard is gone. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is gone. What are the odds that finally, after he leaves, they eventually break down and take a wide receiver in the first round? <laughs> I think that one's fascinating. It would, it would be, and it would be something that they would totally do as well. I could, I could totally see that happening just because, just, right? Just a little, right out the door, right? Just a little, yes. Just a reminder, see you later, boy. Exactly, exactly. Trey, before I let you go, what do you think of the, the trade and the, and the draft capital that Green Bay received for Aaron Rodgers? Listen, I think they did better than anybody expected them to. Mm-hmm. But if the, if the Jets win, it doesn't matter. Right. The Jets have not been to a Super Bowl since Super Bowl three. Super Bowl three. We're coming <laughs> up on Super Bowl fifty eight. Okay, double nickels since they won a right. Super Bowl, and that's sort of the standard here, guys. Like, uh, unless this becomes Peyton to Denver, Brady to Tampa, kind of short term three four year run of success. I think the Packers won that trade. Now, yeah. if the Jets pull it off, and I, not only a stacked AFC East, but a stacked AFC. Then they clearly won the trade. Like even even though the the Rams have completely fallen apart in the years in the years since they won that Super Bowl, there's not a Rams fan, you know, those few Rams fans that actually exist that would be <laughs> upset with the trade they made for Matthew Stafford because it got him a ring. Right, exactly, and that, that's what it's all about. Get a ring, hoist that Lombardi, and you're good. It buys you some time. So, yeah, yeah. the Rams are feeling good about themselves. Great stuff as always, Trey. Thanks so much, man. I know you guys are going to do fantastic work throughout the course of the draft. We'll be paying attention. We always appreciate you joining the show. You got it, man. Enjoy Kansas City. It's a fun time. Yes, will do. Thank you so much. Trey Wingo right there, 33rdteam.com, joining us. Also the brand ambassador for Caesars, uh, all the prop bets that you have. Of course, they've got it covered like a glove, and Trey is fantastic when it comes to the draft. We definitely appreciate his time this afternoon. 12.49 is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number one, just like that, almost in the books. It's Red Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Just got a few minutes here as we close out hour number one of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. We are live in Kansas City getting ready for the first round of the draft. Threw the question out there earlier on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Of course, when we don't have a guest, you can always chime in on the phone lines as well at 702-365-9200. Who is the pick? What number is he selected at? And why? It is that simple. We're here at the Western KC at Crown Center. Uh, I'm going to get a little, not loose, that's going to be the wrong word, but I'm going to actually get outside of my comfort zone and uh, find some of this uh, good food and this little festivities that are down here taking place around the draft. I took a couple pictures, uh, a little side picture of the stage, took a picture of uh, some of the artwork around. 
Of course, after the show gets wrapped up, we'll definitely uh, do a little bit more of that, a little adventuring uh, while we're down here. But it's, it's, uh, this is really a, a cool little spot and uh, excited about how the draft looks and how it plays out, obviously, on TV, but being here as well. And uh, hopefully when the Raiders make their selection, whoever that person may be, I uh, get that opportunity to go and uh, meet up with them. That's the good thing about being here is that they do have the interview room. So I'm expecting to, uh, to be able to – to bring you exactly uh, the the whoever the draft pick is, as long as he's in the green room, and I expect that he will be. Uh, hope to bring him, bring you his reaction. You know, immediately after being selected by the Raiders. I remember when uh, Josh Jacobs was selected back in 2019, and he was the guy that I had uh, talked to and interviewed the day before uh, when we were at the the stadium where the Titans play. I don't, I forget was it Nissan Stadium, Demon? Yep, yep. Yeah, that we we were there just like we were at the play sixty thing yesterday and got an opportunity to talk to him. And then as soon as I saw him again, uh, the the next day after he got selected, I just kind of gave him that look and he left because he had known we had talked about uh, the Raiders possibly taking him. And so there's that. So I don't know, C.J. Stroud. Maybe C.J. Stroud's that guy. Maybe Christian Gonzalez is that guy. Maybe Tyree Wilson. I talked to all those guys yesterday. Maybe Anthony Richardson. I talked to those that guy. But wanna uh, wanna hear from you. Wanna know your thought. Who's the pick? What number is he selected at? And why I got a really good text here from the 253 as we close out the hour. Draft picks look good when you have the right quarterback leading the team. Heard that earlier today. We need to get our future quarterback in this draft. I like that thought. I like it a lot. We'll talk about it. Plus, we'll hear from a potential quarterback of the future, Anthony Richardson. We'll do it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920.